0: It's good to be with you tonight. I invite you to open your Bibles up and open uh, and turn them to Proverbs chapter three. We'll be studying a section of Proverbs chapter three for just a few moments this evening. It is said by some that the state of Texas has more buried treasure than any other state in the country. That there are two hundred and twenty-nine presumed sites with um, material reaching an estimated number of about $340 million. And interestingly enough, some even say that the majority of all of that is found right here in the Texas Hill Country. And if you research, you can find all kinds of different stories about folks like Sam Bass and other folks who um, hid money in different places like trees and miners hiving things in caves and then covering their tracks and all kinds of other things. And, of course, I don't have any idea if any of those stories or how many of those stories are true. I'm not sure that it's possible to know just how many of them are true. But one thing I do know for sure, and you do too, and that is that for really, I guess, the entire history of our world, people have been interested in hunting after what you know, large amounts of money, For various different reasons and in various different ways and in various different places, people are looking to be rich and most of the time the reason is because it is thought at least that riches bring happiness, wealth brings happiness in life whenever happiness is hard to find. Well, what is it that makes you the most happy in life? Or what is it that brings happiness in life? That's really what we're thinking about tonight from Proverbs chapter 3. We're looking at verse 13 to 20. Now, you may remember from last month that when we studied the first 12 verses of this proverb, that really this, this proverb as a whole and the first part of it too have to do with this inseparable link between devotion to God and obedience or practicality. That is to say that when we talk about wisdom, and when Proverbs in particular talks about wisdom, it's not talking about just a hypothetical gathering of facts. We're not talking about something that's only academic, that's only uh, what we think or how we feel, but we're talking about the ability of taking that information and putting it into action So, in the first 12 verses of this proverb, remember Solomon identified that there are five things that need to happen, five things that will manifest themselves if we're really pursuing the wisdom of God. There is, first of all, obeying the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Second, there's trusting the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Third, there's submitting to the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Fourth, there's honoring the Lord, Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. And fifth, there is appreciating the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. Now in the latter part of this proverb, we'll get back to the uh, idea of the practical aspect of wisdom. But just here in the middle, verses 13 to 20, we have what's really uh, like a song or an ode to wisdom And it actually takes the form of a beatitude. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 20. Let's read it together and then we'll break it down and notice some points of application. Solomon says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and her paths, all her paths rather, are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happier all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and the clouds dropped down the dew. Now let's notice how this section breaks down into its different parts. First of all, there's verse number 13, which is, our, which is our beatitude. And this is the heading verse for this section that goes down through verse number 20. Verses 14 to 20 will elaborate on the statement or the exclamation of this verse. And look at the word happy. It has to do with exactly what you're probably thinking about, at least I hope so, Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those that mourn, and that word blessed and what that word has to do, it has to do with this ultimate sense of happiness and fulfillment that's not necessarily dependent upon outer circumstances. Well, it's the same kind of idea in Proverbs 3 verse 13. When Solomon says happy is the one who receives or who finds wisdom, he's literally talking about one who receives the Lord's favor or the Lord's blessing. Happy is the one who receives the Lord's favor or the recipient of the Lord's favor or the Lord's blessing. That's the reality for one who finds wisdom. Listen to how Solomon will elaborate on this at different places throughout the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 8 verse number 32, Solomon will say this, Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. And then in verse number 34, he'll say, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. In chapter 14, in verse number 21, wisdom will make the statement, He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. And then again in Proverbs 29, in verse number 18, another statement will be made about the blessing or the happiness or the fulfillment that comes by taking hold of and putting into practice the wisdom that comes from God. Solomon says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. So Solomon is pronouncing blessing. He's pronouncing happiness He is pronouncing the favor of God on the one who finds wisdom and gains understanding. Now here's an important question. How does one find wisdom? How does one gain understanding? Solomon has already told us the answer. Remember Proverbs 2 verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. There's a New Testament passage that's similar, James 1 and verse number 5. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him seek seek it or ask it of God, who gives to all men liberally without upbraiding or without changing his mind. There is an important point about the pursuit and the finding of wisdom that is embedded within Proverbs and, yes, throughout the entirety of Scripture. And here it is, that it is impossible for man to find wisdom on his own. Only God can give it. However, God is not in the habit of giving wisdom to people who put forth no effort in order to find it. We saw that also in chapter 2. Remember verse 3 and 4. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Psalm 25 and verse 4 and 5, David made this statement, and I think that it serves as a very good commentary to what's happening here. He says to the Lord, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all the day. So Solomon in Proverbs 3 verse 13 pronounces favor and blessing and happiness from the Lord to the one who finds wisdom and understanding. And Solomon tells us that the way to find wisdom is that it's going to come from God and that the only way that we will attain it is if we seek it and if we search for it and if we put effort in order to find it and attain it. All of these things repeat themselves over and again, time and again throughout the book of Proverbs. More about that at the end of our lesson. Now, let's look at verse 14 and following and see how Solomon unpacks this statement in verse 13. He tells us in verse 14 and 15 that wisdom is the best investment, the greatest investment that any person could ever make. He says, for her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her it is a universal truth that man tends to want material things the bible has a word for that it's materialism but even outside of materialism even when we're just talking about good and honest gain it is still true that we're trying to find the best way to the best way to invest the money and the material things that God gives us. We have 401Ks and IRAs and other kinds of retirement accounts, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's good stewardship. It's the right thing to do. But in those things, we're still looking to put them in the best place, and we're trying to find the best types of funds and the best types of products that will yield the most interest We understand this idea of an investment being good, but what God is trying to get us to understand from this context is that investing in the pursuit and the application of wisdom, it's the best investment that anyone could ever make because its stock market can never crash and because it's always going to yield interest and because its fruit is more desirous, its fruit is better than the most desirable thing in this world. I want you to put your bookmark in Proverbs chapter 3 for a moment, and I want to do something that we wouldn't normally do, but I think it's important. I want you to turn back to the book of Job for a moment, and I want you to look with me at Job chapter 28, and I want to just read some sections from Job chapter 28, because this is Job's discourse on wisdom. And in this chapter, we won't read the entire chapter, but I want to read parts of it. In this chapter, Job elaborates on the very thing that Solomon is trying to get across by inspiration in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 14 and 15. He talks about how man searches for a number of things, but there's nothing greater that we can search for than wisdom, and the only place that we can find it is from God who gives it. Job says, "Surely there's a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined." Iron is taken from the earth, and copper is smelted from ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches every recess for ore in the darkness and the shadow of uh, death. He breaks open a shaft away from people in places forgotten by feet. They hang far away from men. they swing to and fro. As for the earth, um, from it comes bread. But underneath it is turned up as by fire. It stones are is the source of sapphires, and it contains gold dust. That path. Uh, no bird knows nor has the falcon's eye seen it the proud lions have not trodden it nor has the fierce lion passed it over he puts his hand on the flint he overturns the mountains at the roots he cuts out the channels in the rocks and his eyes uh, his eye sees every precious thing he dams up the streams from trickling what is hidden he brings forth to light but where can wisdom be found where is the place of understanding Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. It cannot be purchased, verse 15. It cannot be valued, verse 16. Nothing can equal it, verse number 17. It can't be mentioned, verse number 18. Where does it come from then, verse number 20? Well, it comes from God, verse number 23. God understands its way. And he knows its place. And so in verse number twenty eight he says, and to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. It's a very interesting chapter, it's a a wonderful discourse to think through because what Job does is he talks about all of the engineering and all of the technology and all of the abilities that man has to make a living and to explore and to make use of the things that God has provided for us in this world. But of all the things that we can produce on our own, there's one thing that we can't and that is the wisdom of God. And so it should be valued more than anything else. Now look back at Proverbs chapter 3. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding. That man has the favor and the blessing of God. Why is that the case? Number one, because wisdom is the best investment that anyone could ever make. Number two, look at verse 16. Because wisdom supplies what is most desired. He says, length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. We're talking about life, we're talking about wealth, and we're talking about power. Remember the, the, uh, the title of this verse, wisdom supplies what is most desired. What do people, what are all of the stories and all of the legends and all of the myths and things, what is it that people throughout history have searched for? How about the secret to a longer life? We're looking for the fountain of youth. Man wants to know what needs to happen in order to live long and prosper in this world, in order to have wealth in her left left hand or riches, and in order to have power and honor. That's the idea behind honor. Solomon says these three things that are most desired, long life and honor and wealth, they're found in wisdom. Then look at verse number 17 and 18. He says wisdom produces joy and peace and life. He says in her ways, her ways rather are pleasantness and her paths are peace. It's the idea of life being made to be joyful and wholesome and enjoyable. She is a tree of life, he says, to all to who take hold of her and happier all who retain her. Verse number 18, this word picture of the tree of life surely hearkens us back to the Garden of Eden. And again, this section, these two verses, the picture that they're painting is one of joy and peace and life and prosperity and a life that is not a life of misery. Then you have verse number 19 and verse number 20 where to drive it home, Solomon says that rejecting wisdom is rejecting the very structure by which the world was made. It's almost as if he wants to put an exclamation point uh, behind the point or behind the idea that wisdom is more important than anything else in this world that we could imagine. He says the Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped the dew down. One commentator wondered if verse number 20, the first part about the depths being broken up, was referring to the flood, and the second part were referring to perhaps the water cycle, the gentle rains that come and refresh. No question, though, that. Solomon is talking about the different parts of this world that God has created and how he has fashioned it so perfectly and so wonderfully by his wisdom. Isn't it interesting? We step back and we look at this world in which we live and we see how wonderful it is and how perfectly it's been made and designed by our creator. And we think about the great wisdom and the great knowledge that went into fashioning it and creating it exactly the way that it is and we're impressed by that. And yet the Bible proclaims loudly that you and I can have access to that same God and that same wisdom through the Bible that we hold in our hands that contains his will and his mind and at least some of his wisdom in written form. And so Solomon says, you've got to value it more than anything else in the world. Now I want us to notice in closing that there are three points of emphasis. You've probably already caught on to them, not just in this proverb, but really throughout the book, but particularly in chapter 2 and chapter 3. There is an emphasis on the value of wisdom. Over and over again, Solomon says, it's more important than anything you can imagine. There is an emphasis on the reward that comes from wisdom. Over and over again, Solomon says, listen, here are the things that wisdom brings. Here is what it does for your life. It makes things better. It produces peace and joy and meaning and so many other things. And then there is an emphasis on the pursuit of wisdom. You can't have wisdom by accident. It doesn't come by accident. It comes from seeking it in this book. It comes from seeking it from God and applying it to our lives. I want to suggest to you that the emphasis in these, of these three points is not by accident. That there is a reason... Why in practically section after section and chapter after chapter and verse after verse of this book of wisdom that God emphasizes these points over and over and over again. And here it is. Go back some time and read the book of Deuteronomy and study it closely. And study how many times, note how many times God will emphasize to the children of Israel The need for every generation to read and to be reminded of the will of God and of the work and the action of God throughout human history. And how the reason why they needed to be reminded is because without being reminded we forget and whenever people forget they reject. Is that not what happened throughout the history of the children of Israel? So why do you suppose God emphasizes in this book of wisdom literature how important it is to know the value and the rewards and the pursuit of wisdom? Because he doesn't want us to forget. And he wants us to get the point. It's almost as if God is saying, uh, the Holy Spirit is saying through this book of Proverbs and other wisdom literature, I'm going to pound this into your head over and over again if it's the last thing that I do because I want you to get the point. God wants us to understand that there's nothing more important, that there's nothing more valuable, and that we need to stop at nothing to pursue it and to apply it to our lives. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding. If we want to know happiness, true happiness, and we want to know true blessedness and true favor from the Lord, it's going to come by the pursuit and the acquiring and the application of the wisdom that comes from the mouth of Almighty God. That's where it's found. Hope this lesson's been uh, helpful for you this evening. We're going to offer the Lord's invitation now, and it may be that there's someone here who has a need to respond. Maybe you need to become a Christian tonight. Put Put the Lord on in baptism. We stand ready and willing to help you in doing it. Maybe tonight you are a Christian and um, there's something maybe amiss in your life. Perhaps you're struggling and life is not what it should be. Is it because you've been pursuing things other than the wisdom of God? Make that right. And if we can pray with you and help you in some way, we encourage you to come forward and let us know while we stand and sing the invitation song together.